and welcome to the next episode of Mystery Dungeons and Dark Rise, a Pokemon role-playing adventure and the tale of two young trainers and their journey together through the Yuve region. I'm Coatsy and I'm your Pokemon Dungeon Master. It's the first time you've not fucked up. I mean, it would have been smooth if you hadn't have interrupted, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I am Jack and I play Felix, a shy but stubborn boy who's just starting to come around to people after Takeshi's wonderful gift at the end of last episode. I think Chris and I are both still reeling a little bit from that. Yep. And a little fact about Felix. Uh, as we know, as has been alluded to, he hates bird Pokemon, especially his mum's Pidgeot. But this wasn't always the case. He actually used to play with his mum's Pidgeot when it was a Pidgeotto back in the day. Um, and the hatred kind of started to manifest after one day they were out hunting for berries together. Felix fell over into a bush and got covered in berry juice. Pidgeotto saw this and just thought I was a giant berry and started attacking me and trying to take me away and pick me up. Uh, oh. So since then, yeah, that was the start of his uh, his journey into hatred towards these bird Pokemon. What did it do? Oh. Like carry you off? It, well, it tried to, yeah. It was only like a couple of years ago, so I wasn't as big as I am now, but still, you know, eight-year-old child size. So it couldn't quite manage to take me off, thankfully. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here today. No, we wouldn't. There'd be some well, Felix else. wouldn't anyway. Chuck would. Chuck would. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't make much difference to the storyline anyway, would it? <laughs> so funny. Speaking of Chuck, I'm Chris. I play Chuck. And right. he's the son of a nurse, Joy, who moved from Pewter City to the Yume region. So something about Chuck in his youth, he actually won a day trip and a tour of Silphco through a Willy Wonka-style competition with some golden candy inside some Pokeballs. Hmm. What did he learn at Silphco? Anything? Or was it just quite a... Got to see a Master Ball. Just the one. Just the one. Just the one. The only one yeah. in existence. <laughs> Technically, Tried to it, steal it would be the second one in existence because the other one was given to Red. And one in... Is it Ethan? Well, there's one in, in Silver. I think they just produce them. Like, I don't know, it's be very a bit stupid to only produce one. Mm. Anyway, True. who's doing the recap from the last episode? It was an Jackie interesting boy. one. Uh, I think it's me, isn't it? Yeah. We finished our gym battle. Takeshi led us into his castle and led us on a magical, mystical story through his mural, telling us a prophecy of the war of old. After that, we were interrupted by a number of people. Cherry gave us a call about some findings that she'd found around the symbol and a secret old language. Uh, Luca showed up and also so did Blue with Shino in tow, uh, who kind of alluded to the fact that Red is also in the area but he's gone missing and they're doing some investigations so they wanted us to help out. And then as we've kind of said, Takeshi very generously thank you Koti, <laughs> gifted us with some very overpowered Pokemon. Myself getting a Larvitar and Chuck getting a Gibble. Then we set off on our way to the Prophetic Desert, but we've taken a bit of a detour through the forest. Cook, the name Cuco Forest. Cuco Forest. We stumbled across a Poker Center where something was quite amiss. And I think we ended with an APOM stumbling through the doors and just fainting in front of us. Well, I don't think it's just any APOM though, is it? It was the one of the APOM. One of the APOM. One of the APOM. The one that got away. It was the one that got Chuck's headband. Ah, is it wearing the headband? Or do we not know it that? Is wearing yeah, the, it's wearing, it the wearing the headband. Oh. Right, so that was actually quite a good recap. Good little recap. So, hey, thanks. let's crack on and we'll Work pick up from those. where we left off. I think Chuck's leg is still kind of sore from Gibble chomping down on it. 
I think that's going to become a regular thing. Yeah, probably. Uh, your, right. your foot's going to become a little bit smaller again from being chomped on by a <laughs> Might lose, lose another toe. <laughs> He'll just end up with a peg leg. Okay. So, Apom is lying passed out on the floor and you're in the Pokemon Center. Chansey is still on top of Chuck after running over and knocking <laughs> him over. Um... And there is another man in the Pokemon Center who, seeing the APOM, also runs over. Um, and you notice that he is a ranger, Pokemon ranger. Ooh! And he's got a little—he's got a little badge that says Rupert. Rupert, Rupert the ranger. Rupert. He's Rupert <laughs> the ranger. I like it. Okay, so you're stood with APOM passed out in the Pokemon Center. Can I try and get Chansey off off of me? <laughs> Uh, you can. I quite like to not be incapacitated for the rest of the episode. Yeah, you can get you can get Chansey off you. Yeah. Okay, Felix does a cool. frog splash on top of the Chansey to keep Chuck pinned down for the whole episode. <laughs> oh, <Lord. laughs> well, yeah, we're getting Chansey off. Then Chuck rushes over to the Apom. Okay, so, does he recognise the Apom straight away? Or yeah, he's got the headband. You, yeah, you recognise it. So he's like, <gasps> uh, medicine check, medicine check, straight in with the rollings, and that is a dirty twenty. Okay, so. Not a bad start. Uh, you can 21, see actually. that he's the Apom has been really badly beaten up. It's got scratch Shit. marks all over it, and it is basically KO'd. You get the impression that it's taken all of its energy just to make it to the Pokemon Center. And it's alone, isn't it? It is alone. Shit. So yeah, Chuck instantly thinks of the other Apom as well. Chuck says to Chansey, he says, Chansey, get over here right now. Uh, okay. Obviously, there's no Nurse Joy, so you're going to have to help the Chansey. But we'll you're say have to that step into the shoes with Chansey's help. You take a pom off and start trying to heal it up. Okay. I'm just going to say that you with Chansey basically does all the work, and a pom gets oh, no, come healed. Come on, I, I think I helped. You you chipped in <laughs> uh, with the dirty twenty-one. I think I chipped in. Yeah. So after about twenty minutes, thirty minutes, you both bring a pom out, sat on a tray to the middle of the Pokemon Center. At this point then, if the APOM is back to sort of full health almost, yeah. I think Felix would like to use his Speak With Animals to speak to the APOM. Good idea. Okay, go for it. Cool. Felix just starts off with saying, what happened? Where's the other APOM? So the APOM looks at you and looks at Chuck and his eyes start to water and in uh, APOM's little like Pokemon voice he says we were playing into twees when when the fog got thick and, and we heard the laugh is that? It's, the, it's an Apom he's a child <laughs> I've got to start again now we were playing into twees and the fog got thick and we heard the laugh and then we were going to the big place with the metal door and I didn't want to go in but when I said I was scared, I heard the laugh and then they attacked me and I went into place and, and I tried to get help and then and then I were here. <laughs> I'm lost. I'm, lo- I'm completely lost. I'm sorry. Me. I need to go back into Felix, not into me laughing at your voice. Um, no. Okay. Uh, Chuck, Chuck, no, inst- Chuck hearing this voice no longer wants to catch the Apom. Well... <laughs> You you didn't understand a word of that. No, you no. just heard Apom going Apom, Apom, Apom. <laughs> yeah, so I guess Felix will relay this information, sort of like acting as a translator. So Chuck and 
Rupert the Ranger can hear what's going on uh, this conversation as well. So after I relayed that, I said, "What laughed? You, what was laughing at you? Is it something you've come across before?" I, I, I don't know. Okay, okay, don't worry, it's fine. We'll help out. You mentioned somewhere with a big metal gate. What is that place? Do you know where the, it is? The big, the big, the big room with the big metal door. Big room with the big metal door. Okay, no worries. We're here now. We, we can help out. Is your buddy in that room still, do you think? I, I think so. Okay, not a problem. Uh, at this point, then, yeah, Felix would turn to Chuck and say, he's got to split up from his friend. He's saying that he's in a big metal room somewhere. He said there's some fog that came in. They got split up. There was something laughing, and he's been attacked. I think maybe we need to try and find this other A-bomb. Uh, yeah. at, at this point, Rupert, the ranger, is going to butt in, and he's going to say, this sounds really familiar. Um, I mean, when you got here, I was just talking to Chansey about Nurse Joy going missing, but she's not the first. Old Man Tom from the uh, from the Pokemart over the road, he's been missing for a few weeks now. There's no explanation, they just vanished one day. Like I've looked all over, but it's not that easy to sort of look around in the forest. There's, there's something about it. It's just it's easy to lose your bearings and not be able to find your way back. Okay, Felix says hi. I'm Felix, by the way. He's not <laughs> obviously. We know he's not particularly okay with people, but seeing this guy as a ranger, uh, it's kind of a, a pathway that Felix wants to follow as he gets older, so he's trying to put on a bit of a brave face uh, to try and impress Rupert the Ranger. She says, well, me and my buddy Chuck here, we've been through a fair bit in the last couple of weeks. We're, I think we're well-equipped to, to help out here. And if cool. this A-bomb can help lead us to the place where he thinks his friend is, maybe we've got a lead. Apom looks at you and timidly like nods its head. Uh, uh, Rupert, feel, yeah, Chuck gives yeah. him like an in- encouraging look. Rupert sort of replies to you and says, "Well, I guess if Apom knows where he's going, it wouldn't do any harm to check it out." Yeah, Felix. At this point, then we'll sort of turn back to the Apom, crouch down to his sort of on a- the Apom level, and say, "And says, is that okay with you? Don't worry, we'll be with you the whole way." Anything happens, we'll be here to protect you. Uh, he nods his head. Okay. Felix holds out his hand to give him a little high five. He misses your hand in the attempt at high fiving. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck, Chuck looks over at the Chansey and says, Chansey, give us some. Have you got any revives or anything in the stock room that we can just take with us? Chansey shakes her head. <laughs> You're not getting a free revive. Thinking it's not that fucking. It's for easy. the nurse joy. It's it's not it's that easy. <laughs> it's for the nurse joy. Okay. All right. Okay. Cool. Felix just turns to Rupert and says, "Is there anything else you can tell us about this forest? You seem to know your way around a bit better than we do. Any information that might help us out?" So he replies to you. He says, uh, "The forest is pretty big. The only part that's really lit is the path." Lit, so. Lit, lit, lit. Litwick. Try not to stray off the path too far. Obviously, with the circumstances, this might not be possible. Just be careful. If I'm being honest, you can get lost because of the fog so easily. But hopefully, Apom knows his way back. When you say I mean, the he, fog... he found the Pokemon Center, so he mm. should be okay. 
Chuck says to the Chuck says to the ranger there, and he says, "Have you got any rope or anything? Maybe we can sort of tie each other together, and if we one of us stays on the path, then the other can kind of branch out." He says, "No." What ranger doesn't have rope? Yeah, rangers always the one have that's rope. not the one that's not on his ranger bit. <laughs> He's not at his hut. Fair. Well, there's no one in the Pokemart right now, so maybe we... It's not going to be that complicated. Well, if the Pokemart guy went missing, maybe we can just go raid it for supplies. But it's locked. Well, we can break in. <laughs> Look, I mean, if he wants us to save okay. his life, I don't think he'd mind. Okay. Felix does check and says, Look, we're trying to do some good here. Let's not ruin that. <laughs> I mean, what would you rather? Would you rather a little bit of inventory in your life be saved? Or would you rather, you know, your doors and windows intact? If you want to break into the Pokemart, go for it. Felix, I, uh, Felix shakes it. <laughs> You're on your own on this one. Well, don't come crying to me when you haven't got an escape rope. Fine. Do what you want. The I'll, ranger I'll hands you an escape. The ranger hands... He goes, oh, crap, no, I do have one, and hands <laughs> you an escape rope. He's like, oh, I'm really sorry, guys. Oh, I forgot. My backpack's over there. Brilliant. Yeah, here's an escape rope. Have one. Cool. And he gives you an escape rope. There we go. I haven't got to commit grand larceny today. <laughs> Yet. Yet. Okay. So you're going to follow Apom? Yeah, Apon yeah. can lead the way. I'm going to... Yeah, thinking about the dark forest, I think we're going to need some light, so I'm going to send out Boomer. Okay. She can light, light the way. Yeah, Who's Felix idea. put out? Um, I'll look to Pratchett as he's out at the moment. I think we need to go with a slightly different approach on this one, buddy. Come on back. So I'll return Pratchett to the ball, and I will send out Lavatar. Okay. Uh, all right. So, Apom will lead you to... He leads you out the Pokemon Center and a little way down the path away from the Pokemon Center and the Pokemon that's opposite. Uh, he leads you to the edge of the tree line and as the fog around you thickens and the light starts to fade, you step off... You step off the path and follow him. You're walking for what seems like hours... Uh, stumbling your way through the trees, occasionally tripping over a tree branch, until Apom comes to an abrupt halt. The fog clears enough for you to see a large metal gate, Mm. and the hairs on the back of your neck stand on edge, as you hear a faint sound coming from beyond. Roll me perception. Ooh. My hairs genuinely are on end. <laughs> oh god. Um what do I do? Seven. Five. Okay, neither of you can make out what the sound is. Shit. Okay. At this point, Felix will just kneel down to the ape and say, Good job, you got us here safe. We'll uh, we'll make sure your friend is okay. Chuck says, um he holds up a Pokeball and says, Why don't you get in here to be safe? <laughs> uh Apom shakes his head. <laughs> and he's hiding behind a tree. Fair enough. Okay, so you stood in front of a big metal gate. What sort of gate is it? Is it like a barred gate? Is it just completely metal? Think like. Well, I'm thinking haunted mansion in the middle of the woods, spooky wrought iron gate. Yeah, sure, go with that one. Cool. <laughs> um, Chuck tries to open the gate. Uh, the gate does not open. Okay. What else can we see behind the gate? Uh, the fog's really thick at the moment. You can't see anything. Okay. Boomer, why don't you use an ember to try and clear some of the fog? Um, ember to clear the fog. Yeah, we need a Pokemon. Sure, with, this is, we need a Pokemon with defog here, really, don't we? Yeah, surely fire would make the fog yeah. kind of sure, evaporate, wouldn't it? Because it's frozen Try. water. 
Try. Um, I rolled a 16, so if you wanted me to hit something, I don't know. She um, probably would. Roll, no, we'll take it as like a strength of flame roll. So I guess Boomer like lets roll. out... Yeah, so Boomer lets out a massive ember that sparks up on the floor on the other side of the gate, but then the fog sort of comes around the flame and the ember just goes out. Mm, okay. Does Lavatino dig? No, he doesn't. So is this... I'm assuming this gate is attached to something. It's not just a random gate that we can walk around. Yeah, so you can see the gates attached like concrete walls either side. How how tall is it? About eight foot. Okay, so for a ten-year-old, it's quite high. Remembering our tactic with the fence at the port, maybe we should try and like melt our way through it? Like melt the lock or something? Bust the lock? Is there a lock on it? Uh, no. They're just bolted kind of shut. Yeah. But yeah, maybe we take that approach then and try and melt through one of the bottom of the bars and then use Larvitar maybe to try and bend it out of the way. Yeah. As you are about to uh, phrase. burn from the... behind you, no. all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, as you're about <laughs> to try this, you hear the same sound that you couldn't quite make out again, but a little bit louder, <laughs> and the gate clicks and swings Ooh. open. Ooh, okay. So. <laughs> Felix is trying to be very brave here, so he doesn't let him... It doesn't change his face or anything, but inside his heart is starting to beat a little bit quicker. Is the uh, Like you say, the hairs on the back of his neck are still still standing. Turns to Chuck and says, Yes, we're welcomed in. Chuck, yeah, Chuck looks at Felix, nods and says, Come on, let's go. Okay, Apom starts sort of not cr- crying out, and he's hiding behind one of the stone pillars at the edge of the gate, and he is just refusing to go in any further. So you're going to go in without him. Okay. I don't really want to leave him there, though. Chuck just says to him, like, just stick with us. We'll we'll be okay together. As long as we're all together, we're fine. He shakes his head, and he's like, you get the impression he really does not want to go in again. Chuck okay. says, don't you want to save your friend? He he nods, but he just he can't bring himself to sort of cross the line of the gate. He's traumatized, Chris. Mm. Felix just bends down again to his level and says, "Okay, if you really don't want to come in, you don't have to come in. Just stay by this gate. Once we've found your friend, we'll come out and meet you back out here. Is that okay?" He nods his head and he jumps up onto a branch of the closest tree and sort of like holds tight. Okay. Okay. Cool. So as you enter the beyond the gate, the fog around you clears a little, and you see a path leading onwards. On either side of the path, you can see overgrown hedges that clearly once resembled certain figures or shapes. You can't make out what they are now. There are also statues of people and Pokemon. Like, imagine a posh garden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a long grass, driveway kind of thing. Yeah. The grass either side of the path is very overgrown and quite long, with some patches looking to have been disturbed recently, as though something has been moving around it. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Right, roll me a perception. 
Ooh, that's a dirty 20 for me. 17. So you both see a large mansion with ivy and vines running up, covering all the walls. Spooky house. Ghost dog. Um, Ghost dog. <laughs> Ghost dog. There is Sorry. a big wooden door with two white stone pillars either side of it, like an entranceway. Some of the windows you can see are broken, but on the top floor you see a slither of light. <clears throat> In one of the windows on the second floor, you see a pair of white eyes looking at you. Oh, oh shit. But, but as soon as you look back at the window, they're gone. How many, flo- how many floors is it? How many stories? Three. Well, two, and then like, w- there are windows in the roof. Nice okay. atlantic conversion. Yeah, Ooh. nice atlantic conversion. Very well off. The front door creaks open, and a faint light ignites inside the doorway. Felix takes a deep breath in, puts his hand on his knees to stop them from knocking, and says, Charlie Brown. Uh, and says I guess we're going inside and looks at Larvitar and says you ready for this Uh, Larvitar is looking quite stoic and steady he's ready for this gives a firm nod and sort of starts to swagger a little bit as he walks towards the door in front of us yep I guess Chuck opens the door pushes the door open in front of them you enter a large entrance hall The floor is dusty and cobwebs sit in every corner. A broken staircase sits in the middle of the room, only accessible from the upper floor, or what's left of the staircase is only accessible from the upper floor. Above you hangs a large chandelier and you can see the upstairs landing with doors leading to more rooms on the upper floor. Is it a chandelier or a chandelier? Uh, Chandelier. Chandelier's Gen 6 or 5, they're not in this game. (laughs) Uh, On the floor that you're on, there are four doors leading out of the room into separate rooms. Uh, There's one on the wall to your left. There's one at the back behind where the staircase used to be. And there are two on the right. Okay. On the left wall are three paintings. Oh god, the paintings are going to move. As you notice the paintings, in front of your eyes floats down a scrap of paper. Chuck goes and picks it up. You want to read it? Yeah. Okay. The piece of paper's... And Chuck read? Uh, Yeah. He's very intelligent. So, the piece of paper reads... Welcome in, count one, two, three. Solve the clues, come find me. Three paintings hang... One happy, one jealous, one sad. Open the wrong one and find something bad. If you want to move on, you must find the key. The man and his wife, happy as could be. Take a risk, open another. You might just find something from my mother. Okay, so Chuck reads this. Chuck has read this aloud to Felix. It says, three paintings, one, two, three. The man and wife, happy as can be. I mean... I mean, that rhymes with key. Maybe we go for the happy painting. I don't know. Maybe if we look in some of the other rooms, we can find something else. Maybe if we just look, find all the paintings first. All three paintings are on the wall to your left. Oh, they're all on them. Okay. 
They're, well, you're sort of heading over there, so I'm guessing they're in front of you. You can see the three paintings. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And what do each of the paintings look like? You uh, you go over to the paintings. This is me asking. You've gone over to the paintings. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, go yeah. to okay. the paintings. We want to take a closer look at each one. Okay, so in front of you are three paintings. The one on the left shows an older man stood next to a beautiful woman who sat in a chair in front of him. The man's hand is on the woman's shoulder and they are both smiling. The middle painting shows the same couple, a little older, sat outside in a bright garden, surrounded by playful Pokemon. The woman is laughing as an Eevee climbs on top of her. And the final painting on the right looks very similar to the first. It's the same man wearing black, but with a different woman also in black. The man looks sad, and the new woman looks stern. You can investigate all three paintings with an investigate roll. I'd like to investigate the the second one, because yep. I'm trying to work out which one is the happy one. But I, I'm, I'm guessing from that, the jealousy one is with the Eevee, and it's from the standpoint of someone being jealous of the Eevee. But I'd like to look at it more. Okay, so you want to invest, do me an investigation roll on the middle one then. 13. You notice the woman in the painting is looking a little paler than in the first painting, and the man, although smiling, has a strange look on his face like he's worried. Uh, in this case, he will go to the one on the right. Same man, but a different woman in black, yeah. Yep. And I'll investigate that a little bit as well. That's four, so that's a 19. Nice. Okay, so there's something about the look on the woman's face it's cold as though she doesn't really want to be in the painting and she's also got her fists clenched grasping her dress tight i think that one's jealousy and i think sadness is the woman looking paler who might have got sick and passed away potentially yeah i think we should have a look at the first one as well just to make sure because it could knowing this spooky house and you know we've we've both of us already seen sort of eyes and some spooky goings on there could potentially be something manipulating the paintings yep so yeah can and then felix will go back to the first one and have a look at that one as well okay give me a roll 14 on that one okay so as you stare at the painting for a longer amount of time you can faintly see what looks like a set of uh, two sets of eyes uh, and the outline of two Pokemon behind the couple. We can't Ooh. tell what Pokemon they are. No, it's too faint. It's like gone really dark over time. Okay. You can just see a faint outline. Felix points this out to Chuck. Says, "Look, look here. There's two sets of Pokemon eyes here. How many were in the middle painting? Just one, wasn't there? Just an Eevee? No, there's quite a lot of Pokemon in oh, the okay. garden. That's my theory gone then. But do we? So do we think then that these? paintings are linked to doors if they're all on the same side they're not necessarily linking to a particular door are they can we just check the paintings are they on a hinge or anything it sounded they like are. there's a key behind one of the paintings they are all on hinges okay right. and what did the, what did the paper say again about the key was it the man and wife happy as can be no so it said uh, if you want to move on you must find the key a man and his wife happy as could be Take a risk, open another, you might just find something from my mother. It does seem too obvious to just go for the Mm. happy painting. But then I don't think it sounds like the one in the garden, they're that happy. And they're obviously not happy in the third one. I say we go for it. 
What, the first one? The happy one? Yeah, the go obvious one. Yeah. Go for it, Chuck. I, I say as 10-year-olds, we go for it. So Chuck okay. says, it must be this one, the happy one, and he wrenches it open. So inside, you find a bronze key hey, and a scrap of paper. On the paper, it reads, September 1st. It's my first day at my new residence. Master and mistress seem really nice. I've never felt so welcome at a new job. Although I thought the forest was a little bit creepy, I really like this house. Pokemon from the forest often come inside and play with the mistress's Pokemon. And then it sort of tails off. Is it like ripped off? Yeah, it's like it's been ripped a little bit. Okay. So it doesn't really give us any indication as to where to sort of go next? No. We've got the key, so that's, yeah. We could try all the doors. You've got the key. We're think- I'm thinking about the other paintings. Something from the- his mother. Whose mother? The master's mother? I mean, the butler's mother? It says master and mistress, didn't it? So, I don't know. I don't know. So it could be that the first photo, the first painting is the master and mistress. Mm-hmm. Second one is the same two people, isn't it? So that's probably the master and mistress as well. And then yep. the third one, maybe the mistress is died and then that's well i think so she sounded sick in the second one paler maybe this is the scrap of paper that we're reading is the person that's in the the second painting the new woman potentially could have been a maid yeah that's what it sounds like if she's gone for a new job then it could be or daughter you don't have to open another one could be daughter i know but it's it's interesting i know i wrote it I think should we just do it? Should we just open the let's open the middle one, shall we? Something from I reckon it's the daughter in the third painting because she's sad. Let's find so something you from open, my mother. You want to open the middle one of them in the garden? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Fuck okay. it. Go. You open the painting well, and him. there are <laughs> two super potions inside. Oh sweet. Oh nice. You also hear a click. Uh oh. You hear a click coming from the third painting. Oh, that might have locked it then. Should we try it? But let's try and open this. I mean, yeah, Felix is quite happy. That it, oh, cool. There might be more things hidden behind this third painting. Ooh, so he'll, he'll move over and try and open that one. Uh, Give me a strength roll. Ooh. 16. You pull at the painting, but it is locked. But you get a sense that if someone else gives it a go and maybe gets a bit of a higher roll they might be able to bust it open <laughs> okay so yeah Felix Felix strains open this painting but to no avail so he turns to Chuck and says maybe you give it a go sure why not maybe there's some more goodies mm-hmm. 17 no you can't open it uh, so what Chuck's about got one try? Foot. <laughs> I'm not giving you another go <laughs> Chuck's got like one foot against the wall trying to prise it open and says nah this ain't coming well we've got a super potion out of it so yeah, it's pretty greedy. good. And we didn't get assailed by Gengar or anything just yet. Um, <laughs> so so got, we've got a left door, a back door behind the staircase and two to the right of us as well. Yeah, so, so imagine you're looking at the room with the entrance behind you. There's yeah. uh, a large door on the large door on the left on the same wall as the paintings. Yeah. There's a door at the back. Behind the staircase. And then there's two doors on the right. Okay. okay. Just... I, I think we need to be a little bit careful here as well because didn't they say it said like count one two three so after he's done that chuck shouts shouts into the into the empty space he says joy apom 
Nothing. Pokemon man. <laughs> Nothing. 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 Okay. It's worth a go. Right. Where? Which room do you want to go in? Well, we're kind of towards the left side. So there's that one room there, which I would probably be drawn to. Yeah, okay. makes sense. So you enter a long room with a large wooden table in the centre and 18 chairs surrounding it. There is unmistakably a giant scratch running almost the length of the table as though something was dragged alongside it. Oh my god. On the opposite side of the room, you see a large painting with many Pokemon on it. There is a large rip from the top corner to the opposite bottom corner. Uh, Roll me perception. 17. Nat 1. Okay, so... Felix (laughs) notices nothing, but Chuck... uh, gets the distinct impression that the eyes of the Pokemon in the painting are following him around the room. Chuck's like strafing left to right, like second guessing himself at first and then calls over to Boomer and says, look at this. Do you see what I'm seeing? And she's strafing alongside him. Are they they just shifting left to right? Yeah, you just get the idea that they're just following you around. What Pokemon are in the painting? Pokemon that you recognise are Eevee. Yeah. Ghastly, hmm. Stunky, Ooh. and Routes. Routes, eh? Oh, okay, interesting. Hello, Warren. Can we put our Pokedex up to it and see if we can identify the others? Uh, you can try. <laughs> Seeing Someone as Felix has done work. terribly, he's going to just hold his Pokedex up, hold his watch up to the painting to see if he can identify anything else. Uh, the Pokedex pings and says, Error. Oh. I'm not asking Dodds to do that. <laughs> You um, can you can search the rooms if you want. I was going to say, looking at the painting, does it have hinges as well? Uh, this one does not have hinges. Okay. Yeah, what else can we see in the room? I'd like to look at the dining table a bit closer. The okay. scratch down it. Roll me a perception. Ten. There's not a lot more I can tell you about the table. The scratch looks like... It's not human finger snail scratch. It's just a large scratch. Boomer's trying to put her claw in it to see for size. Uh, it's about the same size. Ooh. Is there anything else in this room then that we can see other than the table and the painting? Like a Felix uh, kind of walking. He's gone past the painting. He's just kind of walking up round to the sort of top of the table. Felix, roll perception then. I add a minus one to that three. So that is four. <laughs> <laughs> right, switch dice time. Yeah. There's nothing in the room that stands out to you yet. Yeah. Are there any bookcases? Not in this room, no. Okay. Not in this, this room. room. There's no secret bookcase switch in this room. Right. Hmm. It doesn't seem to be too much in this one. I guess as Felix gets to the top of the table, then he just pulls out a chair and sits down on it and goes, I can't see anything in this one, Chuck. Maybe we go for a different room. Yep, fine. On your way out, you see near the door, but from this side, another scrap of paper. Okay. Chuck goes to pick that one up. So on this one, it reads, October 10th. I've never been so insulted in all of my life. I've been making the master's morning tea every day for almost four years. Four years, and I've never had a single complaint. But of all of a sudden, she says that it's not good enough and she's going to make it from now on. 
Master couldn't even look at me. Jealousy. Okay. Where was that scrap of paper? It just it was on the it floor. Was, it, it was like on the floor, but next to the doorway. We just, just didn't see you it. You wouldn't when have we seen it in. as you walked right. through. Okay. Okay. So yeah, cool. Chuck reads that one aloud to Felix and says, let's just keep following the clues, right? Yeah, if we found this many scraps of paper, I'm sure there must be more to come. Let's try another room. Okay. So you're now so facing so you're now facing the wall with two, two doors, doors on, one. on it and there's one yeah. on the left isn't there and there's one yeah. on your left Chuck says one each sure <laughs> Felix is trying Ooh. to be Felix is trying to be brave uh, so he, look, he looks he looks at Lavatar and goes yeah sure why not we're only we're only next door to each other if anything happens just, yep. just shout if you scream need if me. you need me Felix left or right door left yeah I'll say Chuck right so Felix, you enter a room with bookshelves lining most of the walls, uh, but only a few books are actually placed sporadically around the room. There are two chairs on the opposite side of the room and a table and lamp sits between them. Okay. On the floor in front of one of the chairs is a scrap of paper. Okay, so yeah, first things then, I'll go and pick up the scrap of paper and read that. So this one says, 15th of May. Master has already asked a lady round for dinner. I'm so glad. These last few years have been really difficult on us all. But I've been telling him to get back out there. I'm so pleased for him. He deserves to be happy. Felix reads this and just shouts in the hopes that Chuck will hear it. Then I found another scrap of paper. Also in the, the hope that Chuck responds so that Felix doesn't feel so scared. In the meantime, what's going on with Chuck? So Chuck, you enter a large room uh, and see that most of the furniture in the room is hidden under like dust sheets yeah but you can make out some sofas facing each other and a table in between them at the back of the room is a large grandfather clock oh grandfather time uh, <laughs> on the coffee table is a scrap of paper first things first chuck goes to pick up the scrap of paper so 23rd of september it's the mistress's birthday. The master has planned a picnic in the garden and even hired a painter wow. to do a portrait. I feel so lucky to be working with such a wonderful household. That's it. Okay, that explains That's the story it. of the second painting. Okay, um, I'd like to have a look at the, the grandfather clock. It looks quite interesting. Okay. What time is it stopped on as well? Uh, midnight. Of course it did. <laughs> Witching hour. Roll me a perception. Dirty 20. So the grandfather clock has a door on the front of it you can open. Chuck says to Boomer, uh, hold your tail here. I want to take a closer look at this and goes to open the door of the clock. At that point, he hears Felix and says, sight. here's what Felix says and says, yeah, me too. I just want to take a look at something. Inside the grandfather clock, you find two revives. Ah, very generous. Sick. But with the day 20, you also, as you look up, as you close the grandfather clock, you notice that inside the clock face, you see a small area of it sort of fog oh, up. Oh god! And then like dissipate, and then fog up, and then dissipate, and you see a slight red glow. But when you look back, it's gone. It disappears. Chuck just sort of like shakes his head as though he's seeing things. Um, on his way out. Okay. He's going to pick up yep. one of the dust sheets from the furniture. Yeah. And I'm, he's going to wear it 
and creep into the room where Felix is. <laughs> you prick. Roll, roll me a stealth check. Um, that's another dirty 20. <laughs> um, Felix, roll me a con check. Uh, con, constitution, constitution save. save. Okay. 10. Felix shits. Right. Uh, Felix, tell me what happens when pants. you when you he doesn't quite crap his pants with a ten, but he definitely you definitely make him jump. Okay, but, so uh, Chuck says, "Boomer, get behind me and use your tail to light up, um, light up the sheet," and um, starts like waving his arms. Walks very slowly into the room, just going. Felix hears a strange noise come from behind him and feels almost not quite frozen in fear but is rooted to the spot and he just very slowly sort of starts to turn his head and as soon as he sees the silhouette Chuck's of right a flailing at this thing, point <laughs> just arms a lot just jumps and spins around and sort of shouts out ah, 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 ah. Chuck is is that you? no it's the spooky ghost <laughs> <laughs> it's a spooky spooky yeah, ghost he, yeah he throws away the, the sheet Felix Gadget. Let's have a big sigh of relief, but also clenches in fi- clenches his fists. Fists and bumhole clenched. And says, you idiot. Josh has got a big <sighs> stupid grin on his face. Felix makes a mental note of this. <laughs> uh, and like Telltale back. Games, Felix will remember that. <laughs> Felix then returned back towards one of the bookcases that he was investigating. Um with one of the so there's only a few books kind of sporadically spread out on the shelves is that right yeah so yeah felix is just kind of looking up and down these bookcases to try and see what the titles of these books are uh yep while felix is trying to make out the titles of the books chuck says what did your piece of paper say mine was the 23rd of september mine was 15th of may i'll regale yeah i'll read it out exactly back to him but yes essentially Master had invited a lady around for dinner and whoever the author was was quite happy about this. Yeah, mine was 23rd. That was it so, must be when the painting was drawn. It was painted. <laughs> so the books on the shelves are mainly sort of like encyclopedia books. Encyclopedia. One of them is about... <laughs> I was just about to say Encyclopedia. <laughs> There is even a book on Professor Oak's research from the Kanto region, but most of them are just like Pokemon, different region. Okay. Can Chuck take the Uh, Professor Oak's book? Chuck can take the Professor Oak's book. Cool. Cool. Is there anything that looks out of place? No, it looks like the room's been cleared. Right. It's sort of someone's just swept the shelves, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As Chuck picks his book up, then Felix turns to him and says, let's maybe just have a quick look through this. It's... There's a lamp and a table down here. Let's let's go and sit at that and see if we can find any more clues. Okay. Um, Chuck picks up the lamp and starts waving it around. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing. No ghosts in here. Okay. So yeah, I just want to leaf le- through the book, see if anything falls out of it. What Professor Oak's book? <clears> or, yeah. Yeah. Um, we can get any info. So you don't find anything in the book, but you do hear a crashing noise as though someone's dropped something coming from one of the other downstairs rooms. okay it's like rattling on the floor like a pot yeah, of pan kind of thing hearing this noise then felix will turn to lavatar and say hey buddy can you can you sense where that's coming from lavatar runs to the entrance of the library and points towards the door at the back of the entrance hall oh cool. yeah thought it felix, might be the case good job 
Let's let's go in that door. Chuck's smile has completely dropped now and he's deadpan serious. He thought it was a bit of a joke before, okay. but not quite feeling as brave. So you go through the last door on this floor and you enter a grubby and dirty looking kitchen with a blinking strip light illuminating the room. Mm-hmm. Long kitchen counters line the walls opposite the door uh, with stacks of dirty pots, pans, plates sitting on the top. A dirty window is above the counter and one of the panes is missing and a large wooden table sits in the middle of the room with a large cutting board on top of it and a metal serving plate that looks out of place. There's also a scrap of paper on the table. At the far end of the room, sort of towards the direction of the house of the library, to your right as you enter, there is a large wooden door. Okay, let's read the paper. 5th of July, they're getting married. I'm not sure if I can actually believe it. It's like she's two completely different people. Even the Pokemon from the forest are scared of her. Fewer and fewer are coming to the house anymore. Should I say something to the master? Okay, the plot thickens. So you said that the serving tray looked out of place. Do we notice that it looks out of place? Is it immediately obvious? It's still rattling. Like when you mm. drop a coin and it goes... Okay, Felix walks over to the plate and just kind of looks around to see where it might have come from. Uh, roll me a... No, you, you genuinely, you've got no okay. idea. So Felix is a little bit spooked now. Obviously, he's, he's on edge after Chuck <laughs> spooked, spooked him. But yeah, he's, he's very much on edge now, seeing that this plate is looking around, not seeing any reason for it. Turns to Chuck and says, Man, I think we need to figure this out quickly. This this place gives me the, gives me the great the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, Chuck nods and says, I mean, we couldn't get up the stairs. This is the only place left and looks over towards the door. Does it have a lock on it? Yes. Okay, so Chuck holds out the key that he picked up earlier and says, I mean, it must be this one. You want to try it? Yep, tries the key in the lock. Uh, The door unlocks. Cool. Chuck pulls it open. So you unlock the door and enter into a small pantry. It's barely big enough to fit you both in it, and it's got shelves lining the walls. Most of them are empty, aside from a few sort of like cans of food, beans, that kind of stuff. But at the far end, under a small window, is a pile of boxes labelled tea, sat on top of a large safe with a wheel combination lock. In front of the boxes of tea floats down a small scrap of paper. (laughs) Um, Chuck says to Felix, Felix, it might just be a good idea for you to stay outside of the pantry. Felix is absolutely okay with that. If anything kicks off, I'll... um... We don't want to both get stuck in here. Lavatar and I here will we'll stand guard. Good thinking. Yeah. yeah. As Chuck moves into the pantry, Gibble's ball pops open. <laughs> right. Of course it does. And, and Chuck's like, oh, no, not, I haven't had time to try and deal with this. And Gibble's sort of rooting around in like the tin food section. Okay. And Chuck says, get right, Gibble, I'll, I'll pick, right, pick that up. Right. Yeah, yeah, okay, keep that. Right, you can have that later. I'm going to need you to behave. Are you going to withdraw Boomer? Yeah. Okay. I mean, you tell me if Gibble behaves or not. Uh, roll me constitution check for Gibble. 16? 
he behaves himself, but good. he's still like gnawing on one of the cans. <laughs> good, good Gibble. Right, <laughs> you're gonna help me today. Gibble nods with a can he in looks, his mouth. He looks very excited to be out of his Pokeball. <laughs> and Chuck picks up the paper. <laughs> so this scrap of paper says, Well done, you found it. Count one, two, three. Open the safe. Come find me. You'll need the code. Don't get it wrong. Very wrong attempts and its contents are gone. Where's the code? Go back. You'll see. I hid it in the kitchen. <laughs> three numbers. As if by magic... <laughs> Just behind Felix, you hear a massive crash as one of the kitchen cupboards bursts open and a white, green and purple blur roll out. Your Pokedex pings. Oh, God. What is white, green and purple? And you hear it say, Drifloon. <laughs> Drifloon, a ghost flying Pokemon. Stories go that it grabs the hands of small children and drags them away to the afterlife. It dislikes heavy children. As it separates from the other Pokemon, you recognise it as a Routes. Oh, these are the Masters ones. Oh, There's the Routes anyway. As the Pokemon separate, you see the Routes and the Drifloon are both tugging on a scrap of paper. The Drifloon manages to sort of pull it from Routes' grip and starts to float away, but all of a sudden stops still in midair. The Routes is standing beneath it with its arm out straight, pointing towards the Drifloon, a purple-pinky glow surrounding it. The Drifloon struggles, tugging at the motionless scrap of paper until you see it tear into three little pieces which float to the floor. At this point... I'm guessing Chuck's run to the doorway. Yep, hearing the crash. Uh, Routes and Drifloon notice your presence and turn to face you. Right, you have a choice here. You can either engage or you can try and scare them off. Try and scare them off be the operative word of that one because if you fail, you're probably going to have to fight them anyway. Could we not try and calm, like, not calm them down? Are they sort of looking like they want to attack us or looking a bit skittish, I'm guessing? You get the impression they're a bit hostile towards you. Well, what's going on with the Drifloon, though? You said it's sort of almost paralysed with... Yeah, because the routes, I'm assuming, oh, is grabbing it with confusion or psychic or something, yeah. Chuck holds his hands out in front of them and says, Hey, we... <laughs> have you seen our friends? One woman, pink hair. There'll be um, an APOM... And maybe an old man. We're just looking for our friends. Maybe you can help us. The Routes and the Drifloon both sort of look at each other. And so the Route stays where it is. And the Drifloon... (laughs) The Drifloon turns around and flies as fast as it can through (laughs) the gap of the panes in the window. Routes oh, is sort of stood there facing you and it's just trembling. Chuck slowly approaches it, gets down a level and says, can you help us? Roll me an intimidation check. I'm not intimidated. I don't want to intimidate it. And I want you to fail. If you want to, you need to fail the intimidation check. It's, so intimidated, low, by, it's intimidated by you. I want to see how intimidating you are to it by rolling Got an it. intimidation check. Oh God. Oh no, I rolled I rolled a date 21. <laughs> I rolled a 19. 
uh, the route starts to run away as well because it can't get to the window. It's going to bolt for the door. Has it got the paper? It has one of the scraps of paper. Right. Okay. Chuck says, Gibble, we need that piece of paper. Stop it. And Gibble sort of tries a sort of flies through that jump, leaps into the air, mouth agape, and tries to just clamp down on Routes' head. I'm gonna <laughs> say let's roll initiative. <laughs> Brilliant. Fourteen. Uh twelve. Okay, Chuck, you're up first. Um so I'm gonna say that that was a tackle attack from Gibble. Okay. Roll for hit. And that's uh, fourteen. That hits. Four damage. Ooh, okay. Felix, you're up next. Before Felix does anything, he turns to Chuck and says, I mean, what's the plan here? Are we just trying to stop it or are we trying to knock it out? Well, we just need that paper. So if we can just get the paper, I mean, if we can restrain it. But So I'm going to say it's Gibble okay. is basically like clamped onto I'm, it. I, I'm going to say you have two op- you've got two options at this point. Now you're in combat. You either knock yeah. it out or you catch it. Okay. There are your ways right. to get your paper. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say Gibble is still okay. like just clamped on Routes' head. Okay. So Routes is wearing it like a hat. <laughs> Seeing this Gibble riding this route as a hat. Let's go for the same attempt, Lavatar. Go and bite that route. Oh, yeah. So a dirty 20 to hit. That'll hit. Nine damage. Oh, is that doubled? No. Does Fairy resist dark then? Yeah. Ah. So, yeah, Lavatar kind of seeing the route is also already kind of incapacitated with this gibble on its head. It now has Slightly a. Slightly. So it's got jogs over to it. <laughs> no, keep going. It's got a Lavatar biting on in its arm that's got the um, scrap so it's got a gibble on its head and a lavatar <laughs> on its arm and it's wearing both of them uh, gibble is uh, sorry routes is going to use teleport what? but they're both on it routes may not have thought this teleport through oh shit we're just about to so lose he, our teeny Pokemon so he's going to use teleport oh, uh which is instantaneous. So Routes disappears from view. And as you've so rightly pointed out, both of your Pokemon are also on it. And he doesn't think about this. And he is going to appear at the other end of the kitchen on top of the counter with Lavatar <laughs> and Gibble still attached to it. How, just out of, out of how heavy is a Gibble? Fairly heavy. Because I think I think Lavatars are quite heavy. Lavatars are ridiculously heavy. Which is why he went for the teleport. Because he was like, I'll just get out of this. And not thinking about it. Gibble is 21 kilograms. Lavatars are 72. So as they land from the teleport, Routes is sort of on his back at this point. Brilliant. Is he still holding the scrap of paper? He's still holding the scrap of paper. Okay. How, how close are we to that Routes then? Uh, now, so I, what I was... So the room's... 40 foot by 20 foot so you yeah. are probably 10 foot away from them but they're directly to your left can I try and run and grab the piece of paper while we're sort of pinning it down well the piece of paper's in Lavatar's mouth in that hand I was in that god damn it Lavatar <laughs> oh, no, I thought I'd, I'd just bit in the arm I hadn't bitten its hand I was just trying to oh right like like sort of so if it's hands here I wanted it to bite it sort of like here so it um, stopped Chuck it you, you can try and do that it will take up an action yeah, that's my action, right? Trainer action. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to. I'd like to try and run and grab the piece of paper. Okay, roll opposing strength check against routes. Yeah. Fifteen. Ooh, yeah. You pull it out of his hand. Nice. Chuck snatches it away and runs back and says, 
Gibble tackle it. So Gibble, how does this look? Let's roll to, let's roll for it. So that's a 14. That hits. Okay, so Gibble lets go of the routes and then kind of just belly flops on top of it. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking it was going to be like more of like a one-inch tackle, like it's yeah. a one-inch punch. Yeah. So he just lets go, takes a step back, just, just like... <laughs> <laughs> Let's do okay. that. So nuts it for six damage. Felix, you're up. I mean, we've kind of got what we came for now, haven't we? We've got the thing. We've got the paper, the but it's either paper. you catch it or knock it out. Yeah, but do we know that, though? Yeah, you can't, dis- you can't just disengage. If you disengage, you've got to run away, effectively. It's just going to keep tackling. It's just going to keep attacking us now, probably. So I get, so we get, yeah, we get the sense then that this Raps is hostile. It's now hostile. No, it's, it's been tackled and bit. It's no, hostile. It's pretty pissed off, yeah. Right. Okay. You're pissed it off. So Felix turns to Chuck first and says, good work getting that paper. Let's just deal with this Raps now. Lavitar, bite it again. And that's a six to hit. Uh, that will not hit. <laughs> you said that so optimistically. <laughs> Your face is just like, yeah. <laughs> work. I don't know, how, how's that going to look? So, Larvitar's already got his sort of fangs in the arm of this Routes, but as he opens his mouth again to sort of bite it down, the Routes just withdraws his arm and Larvitar chomps down on nothing but fresh air. <laughs> Routes is going to use Disarming Voice on Gibble. Got a bad feeling about this. But but as it opens its mouth, it sort of gets like a bit of dust from the kitchen cupboards. <laughs> like it just starts coughing. This is like <laughs> And um uh, you don't you hear nothing. Okay. Gibble sees the dust and gets quite excited and is gonna use sandstorm. <laughs> so in a kitchen. <laughs> so it's like a thirty foot radius. Gibble like whips up all the dust. It's a hundred foot range. <laughs> Gibble like whips up all the all of the dust in a, in a bit of a frenzy and starts charging around the kitchen. And you just see you just see a fin just sort of circling around in this dust in this sort of kind of vortex. So so sandstorm for anyone who doesn't know. You stir up a massive sandstorm in a 30-foot radius centred on a point in range, which we're going to say is Routes. Any non-rock, steel or ground-type Pokemon in the area at the beginning of their turn take a 1d6 rock damage. The sandstorm lasts for three rounds. So Gibble's like whipped up all of this dust and sand into a frenzy and now like Chuck can barely see him. And I think he, neither of you can barely see anything anymore. Yeah, so just holding his arm up to his eyes. Just whipped up a sandstorm. Yep. Felix then, your go. Felix is also kind of encumbered in this sandstorm and is struggling to see where Larvitar is, but knows that Larvitar would be quite at home in a sandstorm, given his typing, so that's not a problem. He does turn to Chuck again and says, you're an idiot. It wasn't me, it was... <sighs> we just haven't had the chance to train properly. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll sort this out later. Anyways, Felix kind of meerkats up a little bit on his tiptoes and just about clocks where Larvitar and Rautar says, Larvitar, fight it again. 15 to hit. That'll hit. Ooh, that's a nine damage again. Nice. Tell me how you knock it out. Nice. Ooh. You know like Tom and Jerry when there's a big, just a big ball of dust and smoke and you see like people fighting? Oh, just inside. Just like a fist goes yeah. out, a horseshoe <laughs> comes out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. So it's like that. So I guess we don't really see anything. Um, <laughs> kind of... Covering, covering our eyes, trying to trying to see what's happening. But after I shout for Larvitar to do this bite, just hear a yell from this Routes, and then Larvitar comes sauntering back towards me, looking very pleased with itself. Fair enough. And you're out of initiative. 
The sandstorm takes a while to die down, but when it does, the room is even messier than it was. <laughs> when Pops and pans everywhere. Yeah, you also struggle, but just about find the other two scraps of paper that were on the floor. Oh crap! That was good. before the sandstorm. That's what I mean. <laughs> okay, so uh, each Felix, all the all the good will that Chuck has built up with Felix <laughs> over these however many years has like almost instantly been wiped out. Uh, scaring him as a ghost, creating a sandstorm <laughs> in a tiny house, a tiny scary kitchen in a massive scary house. Both of your Pokemon <laughs> receive 320 XP. Cool. No one wanted the routes then. No, not really. Not my cup of tea routes. I wouldn't, mind, I, I wouldn't have minded, to be honest, but I didn't expect to kill it so quickly, to be honest. <laughs> routes is a really weak. Routes is weak. I guess, yeah, Gardabon, in the games they are very weak, aren't they? Yeah. Super strong. Was it was it a male or was it a female? It was a male. So we know. <gasps> oh, could have been a galley. Cool. It could have been a galley. Very cool. Right. So you pick up the three scraps of paper. On the three scraps of paper, you see three numbers. Mm. Uh, 73, 23, 09. Okay. Before you ask, you can't jigsaw the pieces of paper back together again. Nah. That's, that's just what I was about You yeah. are going to have to work out what order the number goes in. Count so one, got, two, three. I, so as, got, did they say three attempts? As, you've got three attempts, and as DM, I will tell you that you have already found the answer. Uh, it's probably to do the with dates. the dates on the... I've got it. It's 09, then 23, then 73. I'm not sure what the 73 is. It might be an age, but there was the first... There was 09, which was September... Then there was the 23rd of September. So that's like one, two, three. I don't know what 73 is, though. But I'm going to say it's 093373. Depends if he's doing it American or English as well with the... Uh, 2309. Thing. English. It'll be 23rd, 09, No, nah, English. I reckon. Stupid going month, day. Sorry, Americans listening. Makes zero sense. <laughs> 093373. Let's, let's try that one. Yeah, I think that's what we come up with. Okay. Let's go safe opens. Safe. Wee! Nice. Smashed it. What's in it? I, I thought we were going to have to do a Last of Us style, just listen to yeah. the noises. <laughs> Tremor Sense would work for that. Inside, you find a another key, a another key, mossy stone, <gasps> Ooh. a Reaper cloth. Oh God! A book titled "The Pokemon of Kuko Forest," and another scrap of paper. Okay, so Gibble. Chuck's having to physically restrain Gibble from eating the key, so I picked okay. it up straight away. And the paper. Felix, I guess, will just... Yeah. Yeah, if you take that, Felix will just... I'll pick up the other stuff and say, we can sort this out later, yeah. let's just figure this out, and we can we can divvy up the loot. On the paper reads, 3rd of September, Master got me this book so I wouldn't forget how to open the back staircase to my room. It's not a bad Ooh. read either. I guess we open the book, start to leaf through it, the book just has loads of different Pokemon inside it. Maybe it'll make sense if we see the back staircase. But where is it? Hmm. Oh, in the study there was all the encyclopedia of Pokemon. Can it? Does it match up to the book? Let's go. Let's go and have a look. Let's go and have a look. Okay. So you're going to go back to the library? Yeah. Yeah. As you enter the library this time a scrap of paper floats down in front of you. Another one. Let's check it out. Pull back the book. Count one, two, three. Come upstairs. Come find me. Be warned. Look up. You might get a shock. 
she's been there for a while and could double you up. <gasps> oh. oh, I'm genuinely I've been really good, Bumpy. <laughs> okay. Um, pull, so we need to try sorry, and match. Pull back the book one, two, three. Two, three. So the Pokemon of Cuckoo Forest book. You see the same book on one of the shelves. Okay. Well, uh, do we do we sense that this bookcase could be moved if we? I think that was like kind of obvious from <laughs> from the notes. Well, yeah, but do roll, we roll, roll me a perception we... check. Right on the bookcase. Seventeen. Seven. It's you can tell that it's like separated from the other bookcases on the wall. Is there like scratch marks on the floor in a sort of semicircular pattern? Sure. There's a scratch <laughs> mark of like going to your like it's been open like it's been opened and yeah closed. like to your to your right as though yeah. it's been slid along the floor okay cool so and chuck says all right let's do this and he pulls the book down i'm assuming is it does it feel like a little lever yeah and then so- as he <laughs> as he does so cranes his neck up to look up at the ceiling the bookcase sort of pulls out towards you and then slides to the right. Yeah. Fuck, I did write down all the books that were in here as well. <laughs> <laughs> slides to the right, revealing a dark room, but within it you can see that there is a staircase leading upwards. So there's nothing on the ceiling like above me? Not in the library, no. <sighs> okay, good. Okay, good. <sighs> oh, I think I know what ghost it might be. Felix takes a big, deep breath in and goes... <sighs> Trying to be brave, trying to be brave, trying to be brave. Come on. Come on, buddy. Come on, Chuck. Let's go. And steps forward ahead of everybody and goes into the room. As you take your first step forwards, you hear from above you a loud clicking noise as from the darkness leaps a Pokemon. And your Pokedex pings... Ariados. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> nice. Hi everyone, Felix here in my real life persona as Jack today, just with a quick message to end this episode. On behalf of everyone here at MDAD, we wanted to wish all of our fantastic listeners a happy new year and we wanted to say a massive thank you to each and every one of you. I'm sure 2020 wasn't exactly the year we all had planned and hoped it would be, however one of the biggest highlights for us has been this very podcast. Getting to escape reality for a few hours at a time to go adventuring through the Yume region has been something Chris, Coates and I have massively enjoyed we can't believe that after 15 episodes, we still have people tuning into us. So again, massive thank you to you all. Here's hoping 2021 will be a better year for everybody. And yet, you guessed it, there are some more massive episodes on the way. Take it easy all, and we'll catch you in the next one.